it quickly became clear that if we if we actually wanted to make an impact and have um, you know a kind of lasting legacy of of awareness of the technology, a good user base, and um, the skills to actually implement our programs, that we would need to train local people to operate the uh, technology. Hello and welcome to Frontier Tech Talks. My name is Asad Rahman. This show gives short, sharp, practical tips on how to go about using new technologies to solve big international development problems, straight from those who've been there and done it. We're part of the Frontier Technologies Hub, piloting cutting-edge tech all over the world for social good. When we speak to people deploying technology in low resource settings, there's one challenge that comes up time and again. Who will build, maintain, and use this stuff when I'm gone? Whether it's a drone, an electric motorbike, or a 3D printer, harnessing local skills remains a huge challenge. So today we're joined by Ben Britton from FieldReady. Ben has spent the last few years in Nepal growing a 3D printing sector from the ground up. But before we begin, I just want to say a little bit about what we do. Funded by the UK Department for International Development, we support teams with ideas for how tech might solve entrenched global challenges. We take an idea and provide some funding and support to try it out in the real world, learning about whether or not it works. Landlocked, mountainous, and prone to humanitarian disasters like earthquakes, Nepal's supply chains are challenging at the best of times. So growing a 3D printing sector that could make parts and key goods on demand felt a natural fit for the country. Ben is going to talk about a key part of that work, how he found and worked with people from Nepal, particularly students and young people, to get the sector off the ground. My name's Ben, uh, Ben Brishan, and I work with FieldReady as their um, international programs lead. Um, before this position, I was working in um, Nepal as the um, innovation advisor for, um, for the country. So, yeah, what I'd like to talk about today is the um, how we overcame skills gaps um, using studentships. Um, and what we're talking about specifically is uh, a 3D printing. So our project was focused on um, developing 3D printing as a uh, viable technology um, for use in the humanitarian development um, sectors in Nepal. We sought to identify the opportunities for the, the technology and support the growth of the um, the sort of the broader sector and the ecosystem in general. Um, that meant that we needed skilled um, skilled people as part of our team. Um, it also meant, you know, there were there were a number of challenges: access to the tech, the awareness of of the the technology, three D printing, and more broadly, uh, digital manufacturing and the kind of feeder technologies that go into that. And then thirdly and finally, the, the skills to actually operate a 3D printer um, and design parts that could be used uh, in 3D printing. So um, 
what we what we did initially was we looked at our team we did a skills assessment we tried to understand who um, who was able to uh, you know who had the skills in the first place and who could pass them on um, and and share them around so we 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 thought from the start that we would try and get um, you know build a, a sort of let's say a, a learning environment for all of our staff um, um, but it, it quickly became clear that if we if we actually wanted to make an impact and have um, you know a kind of lasting legacy of of awareness of the technology a good user base and um, the skills to actually implement our programs that we would need to train um, local uh, local student local people um, to um, to operate the, the uh, technology so um, that meant that we we decided to to hire a number of um, students from the local um, local area so these were all engineering students um, we also engaged with local business looked at the different needs of the lo local businesses and tried to explore um, areas where we could um, we could we could train and collaborate with those universities were our key recruiting ground and we actually got into the universities by recruiting through um through our existing staff networks who are all recent graduates and we were basically offering the, the opportunity to earn and learn um, at the same time so how did we do it so our starting point really was focusing on um on existing student groups so that's engineering groups and you know the association robotics associations were a good place for us to start because they need little bits and bobs um, that they often would 3d print so the skill sets were there it was just a case of using our um, collective imagination to try and figure out where they were um, we then engage with them on um, design challenges so that enabled us to want to, to solve some problems that we had uh, you know that our, our program was facing um, by through through design work collaborative design work but also to 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 kind of identify those students who were um, very capable of, of uh, using you know sort of rapid prototyping skills and design skills um, Beyond that, we reached out to people through Facebook, through um, through events on the ground, stakeholder engagement events, and also one of the um, the most sort of motivating factors was uh, competitions with prizes. So students, you know, design challenge type competition. Um, students were very keen to uh, uh, engage with those. And then, obviously, we, we were offering mentoring and then collaborating with the universities to, uh, to combine with courses. And that obviously led to a kind of sense of in, um, career development and skills development of transferable skills. We had, you know, quite a few uh, individuals who um were were collaborating and so we had a, a a range of um skills from very experienced people with 10 plus years in industry to recent graduates to you know sort of hobbyist users of of 
things like 3D printing and design software. And so we we tried to set up uh, sort of an environment that allowed us to um, to 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 skill share. And I think one of the important things was that the skill skill sharing and knowledge sharing went up as well as down. So it wasn't just a you know we've we've hired. Um, students and therefore we need to train them they they brought with them a lot of um very useful um cultural knowledge as well as um some of you know some some new skills as well um and at this point it's probably worth noting that we we engage with students not just in nepal but around um around the world and collaborated with different universities around the world so we're able to have international students mixing with nepali students um in their you know in the in the time that they're with us some of the the outcomes from this uh this approach we were quite um you know pleased with the the effects for the staff and and students in the, our team uh in nepal so there was ownership there were solutions uh sorry ownership of the solutions um a kind of an investment um built in those engagement and investment in the in the solutions that they're working on as well as the you know the development of skills and expertise um we also found it was useful for awareness raising which was one of the challenges we faced um so it was a kind of a knock-on bonus effect from our approach with studentships uh, and uh just finally that um our team in fiji that was very closely based on the model that we developed in nepal of having a um a senior technical manager local and and local um design interns um and these guys all bar one are now um staff members of F field ready fiji did the local knowledge help solve problems in more interesting ways yeah absolutely yeah um so for instance tom he was designing a um a pipe fitting to join two different pipes um you know pipes of two different sizes together and we were having a design meeting one day and one of the local students said but you know i come from a village where we have you know we have these these pipes and if you're permanently joining them that means you can't take them apart and somebody's just going to cut cut it um you know cut it in half and um use use the the washer that's coming out of the pipe and then join it together with a plastic bag or whatever. So, um, he, he was designing a, a permanent solution for something that needed to be temporary. And so that fed into his, um, his design work. So that was a really useful insight and something that, you know, we, we later tested in the field and found that was actually, um, a very valuable, um, uh, um insight. Hmm. Did you prototype with users, and how did that work? Yeah, we we um, as I say, we used the, the kind of needs assessment, really hands-on needs assessment um, methodology at first to to um, spec the the design problem, and then as the uh, you know as the various solutions were developed, we were able to um, bring in 
end users to 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 give their feedback. Um, sometimes this was challenging because we were working with um, displaced people, and access was a challenge. Um, you know, from the perspective of them being remote, but also um, going to um, camps with you know teams of of engineers and and just asking questions was was also a challenge um because you know there's an expectation of uh of, on, on people to come and actually do something as opposed to just refine a you know refine a solution so yeah it's it is a challenging thing to do but the results um speak for themselves you know you it's the difference between a solution that is actually um used and appreciated by um the end users versus one that looks pretty and great on paper but is probably not going to be used what different ways and approaches did you use to attract students and keep them motivated how did you raise awareness amongst the local community? Um, we often found that there were one or two uh, individuals who immediately got it and were enthusiastic and wanted to be involved, but maybe because of you know their their work um, or other commitments, they weren't able to be involved. But what they could do was uh, raise awareness, share share the knowledge, and you know just to ensure that those people were being engaged um you know we asked them to um, make a point of sharing all of our facebook posts and you know any events um that were that were planned um within their own networks so that they felt like they were actually contributing without actually giving any time um and you know it's a kind of an influencer model there I think that's an important one. Um, events were another one. So, you know, the kind of workshop events and human-centered design challenge type workshops, they're always great at engaging, um, engaging students. Um, the outcomes are a little bit less uh, concrete, but, and it takes a lot of effort. Um, but you, I think you have the chance there to make a, a quite a lasting impression on um, on students who maybe wouldn't have had that opportunity before. So really, if you're looking for somebody to to work in 3D printing, um, I you know it's it's actually the 3d printing is like the the tip of the iceberg 90% of the important stuff is the design work and also how you got to the design that you've made so you know ensuring that it's it's kind of you know follows those human centered design approaches um and so i think with with regard to um, how to engage people in the technology and show them that it can actually be useful, um, we found in Nepal one of the most impactful and memorable ways of doing it was a live demo where um for instance we you know we as i said before we were fixing small medical parts spare parts and um and you know little 
plastic bits and bobs for um, medical machines like you know hinges and brackets and um, buttons and you know things like that that just meant that the machine was unusable so you can you can do a live demo find an example say um, we did this in in Bhutan recently where we had an example of an otoscope you know a, a device for looking in a patient's ear it's got a little LED and you can look in the inside the ear and we found that uh, a bracket to hold the um, the speculum the little tube that you, you know that goes in the person's ear we found that that bracket was was broken and therefore this this really nice bit of kit this this piece of equipment that was you know i think i think we worked out as around 250 dollars to buy new um was not usable and then we were able to in front of partners and donors and also some some students locally we were able to to uh, design the solution and print it within an hour so you fixed a 250 dollar piece of equipment within an hour um in front of well i mean it didn't even take an hour it took about 20 20 25 minutes um to print and then about 10 minutes 15 minutes to design um so you you can you can demonstrate that there is the potential there for um a massive immediate impact um and that i think is is quite engaging the technology itself is really cool like you can get really really cool 3d printers with leds in and you know the i we found anywhere that you demonstrate it it attracts a lot of attention and people are you know interested to see things being made in front of their eyes especially if they're useful things that's the that's the key thing i think to to highlight were the students also practicing different aspects of design things like reduction of cost weight time strength that kind of thing yeah that's a that's a great question one that i wish i was qualified to answer um <laughs> but um yeah from from what i saw and uh you know obviously managing the team was i wasn't um the the technical manager um uh, but essentially good you know good design has those principles at its heart the 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 kind of the principle of economy it doesn't just mean lowering costs obviously it means doing something in the most efficient way possible and that is in the dna of every engineer so again it comes back to you know the the iceberg analogy that i used earlier with design that 90 percent of the the brain work and the the important work was the design work so you know making sure that things were printed in the the strongest way possible using the least materials in the fastest way um and and also you know in the way that would be um that would most be most relevant for the solution so yeah having having a team of, of smart engineers you know there's there's nothing like it it's fantastic and um and yeah all of those design elements were the kinds of things that i saw 
the senior engineers passing down to the the junior ones, you know, the, the appreciation of, of economy and efficiency. That was me speaking with Ben Britton from FieldReady, discussing how he recruited and built up the local talent needed to grow a 3D printing sector in Nepal. Thanks for listening to this episode of Frontier Tech Talks. To find out more about this work in the wider program, please find our Medium publication by Googling Frontier Technologies Hub or reading the show notes. Funded by the UK Department for International Development, we pilot cutting-edge tech all over the world for social good. This episode is part of a six-part series that gives short, sharp, practical tips on how to go about using new technologies to solve big international development problems, straight from those who've been there and done it.